chair. Staff is ready when you are. Thank you so much. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the February 28th, 2024 meeting of the Animal Care Services Advisory Committee. The meeting is now called to order. Will the clerk please call the roll to establish a quorum? Thank you, Chair. Committee members, please unmute your mics for roll call vote. Vice Chair Carson is absent. Member Rubastelli? Here. Member Bell? Here. Member Garcia? Here. Member Treat? Here. Chair Morris? Here. Thank you. We have a quorum. Thank you. Um, I want to just remind the members of the public who may be in chambers, uh, if you'd like to speak on an agenda item, please turn in a speaker slip when the item begins. You would have two minutes to speak once you're called upon, and after the first speaker begins, we no longer accept speaker slips. And we'll now proceed to the day's agenda, starting with the land acknowledgement. I'm going to ask folks to please rise for the opening acknowledgments in honor of Sacramento's indigenous people and tribal lands. To the original people of this land, the Nisanon people, the Southern Maidu, Valley and Plains Miwok, Patwin Wintun peoples, and the people of the Wilton Rancheria, Sacramento's only federally recognized tribe. May we acknowledge and honor the native people who came before us and still walk beside us today on these ancestral lands by choosing to gather together today in the active practice of acknowledgement and appreciation for Sacramento's indigenous people's history, contributions, and lives. Thank you. Now we'll move to the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Okay, thank you so much. So as usual, our first order of business today is approval of the consent calendar. Um, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on the consent calendar? Thank you, Chair. I have no speaker slips on this item. Thank you. And just for me to be clear, does the consent calendar include the meeting minutes? Mm, it looks like it's a separate item. Does it? Uh, yes. The consent calendar includes the meeting minutes and the committee follow-up log. Follow-up log. All right. Um, and you can correct me. At some point, there are some corrections to be done to the follow-up blog. Do we, do we address those at this moment, or do we wait until after the consent calendar is voted upon? If it's a separate item on the agenda, I would wait. The, the log does not appear to be a separate item on the agenda. It's, it's just some technical corrections on the log. Um, I, I think Ben could bring it up now. It's all right to bring it up now. Thank you so much. Um, the, the points that I would like to talk about, or just have a, a correction to our log, and I apologize, I probably should have done this earlier, is that um, 
we have selected an, a vendor for our RFP. We'll talk about that a little bit, but we'll make a correction to the log and, and start to have this log be a little more up to date on the status of the work of our vendor for our RFP for our needs assessment. Um, yes, that's the basic correction that I wanted to do. Um, thank you. Anybody uh, have a motion to accept the consent log, consent calendar? Do I have a motion? I so moved. Okay. <laughs> I'll Member Garcia uh, makes a motion. Uh, member Treat seconds the motion. All those in favor, please say aye. 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 All those opposed, say no. Any abstentions? We've accepted and moved the consent calendar forward. Thank you. So the next item on our um, agenda is discussion of the shelter needs assessment. Um, I believe there was uh, the in your packet, the agenda that went out, the complete, actu actually the complete application from the vendor who we selected. So questions from the public first is my recollection. Do we take any questions from the public? Uh, is there a staff presentation? Okay. Uh, then we will take public comments. I have no speaker slips on this item. Thank you. Members of the committee, questions, concerns? I'm not seeing any questions and concerns by the members of the committee, so I will make a couple of observations and share with the, um, the committee that, as you recall, we released an RFP approximately September of last year. We had uh, several bidders apply to meet the needs of our RFP to conduct a needs assessment uh, through the review process, which was fully in compliance and driven by the process that the city of Sacramento has in terms of scoring tools, et cetera. A small committee of folks reviewed the bids, that being myself, Member Garcia, and um, Philip. Uh, we reviewed the, the bids that came in against the criteria the tools that the city provided. And once the scoring was completed, a firm known as Indigo Hammond was identified as the highest scoring firm for the work that we would like to do. Uh, you, you did have in your packet the full package from Indigo Hammond in terms of reading the bid that they put forward. We felt that they were very um, uh, responsive to the questions that we had put in the um, RFP, that they had responsive and thoughtful answers to questions and planning that we asked them for. Uh, they have now completed their contract steps with the city of Sacramento and as of approximately February 1st have launched into the data gathering. Uh, the data gathering includes, for example, um, information about the physical structure of the, uh, the current shelter, what year the buildings were built, the engineering aspects of those physical structures, et cetera. Uh, as you may recall, we've also asked them to gather other data such as geographical information about where animals come from, if they're stray animals, where do we get calls from, um, which parts of our community do we get calls requesting animals to be attended to. So they're now gathering and starting to analyze that data. 
I did have um, a message from uh, uh, Bruce. Remind me of Bruce's last name. Bruce uh, is one of the uh, principals at the firm Indigo Hammond, and he just wanted to say that they are very, very proud and thankful and appreciative of being selected, and they're very eager to move forward with the work of the needs assessment. Um, so really excited that this is moving forward and we'll uh, keep the committee updated as, as the process moves forward. Final product is due sometime in May-ish, hoping that all the pieces can come together and the analysis can be done, et cetera. So looking forward to something coming forward in May so that we can um, move it forward to our city council. I will remind everyone on this committee and anyone listening in, there is no budget for a new shelter. This is not build a new shelter. There's no budget. As we know, the city is having um, its own budget challenges. This is the beginning of documentation of what are the challenges of our shelter and what would it take to address that so that down the line, we may be able to have a very thoughtful discussion about whether we renovate or relocate our animal shelter to meet the care needs that are appropriate for sheltering animals. With that, any questions any further from our committee members? I'm pretty excited about this, so I'm really, really happy for this and excited about it. Um, that's a discussion item, so we don't have any voting on that. Okay, the next discussion item is um, the powers, basically purpose, powers, duties of this committee. And uh, you've seen in your packet, I believe, the full ordinance that created this committee. Um, in your packet, you would have chapter 2.86, Animal Care Services Citizen Advisory Committee. And what we'd like to do tonight is a, a bit of a conversation with the committee and the community about this ordinance. It's my understanding this ordinance dates back approximately 20 years. I believe things have changed over time when, since this ordinance that created this committee was implemented. And um, uh, I wanna acknowledge that member Treat and I sat down and kind of went through the ordinance at a high level to get a sense of what might what might be appropriate to take a look at. And so that's where we are today. We're bringing it to this committee to have a, a bit of a deeper dive into people's thoughts about this ordinance that creates this committee. With that, do we have any public speakers comment on this? Thank you, Chair. I have one speaker slip on this item. Our first speaker is Dia. When I proposed the advisory committee in the year 2000, it was a different world. The shelter didn't have a vet. Uh, they didn't post adoptable animals, their pictures on the internet. Um, and as many municipal shelters, they were, they were considered a dog pound, okay? They weren't considered an animal welfare organization. So I think what's important for you guys to consider when you're looking at the language is really what the purpose of the committee was and not get caught up in the minutiae of the, the different little provisions because they were specifically put in the ordinance to address all the problems for the prior years. Um, 
And that is that the committee was to provide a public forum for ideas and concerns, concerning for ideas and concerns, and to assist the shelter in serving the community and achieving a humane community-centered approach to the care of lost, abandoned, and abused pets. So I think when you're looking at a sunset too, it makes sense that I don't think this committee can just create a, their own sunset. I think it has to be something that the city attorney creates for all the committees and that it has to be uniform and there has to be a specific time that they want the committees to be reviewed and there has to be a process and that process should include six months prior to the sunset that the stakeholders and interested parties come together to, to look at the purpose of the committee and how it's functioning and, and make a report. So anyway, so I'm not so sure that this committee has the, the responsibility of creating the uniform sunset provisions. So uh, there's other little pieces of, of, the, um, of the ordinance that I'd be happy to discuss with anybody if they're interested. Thank you for your comments. I have no more speaker slips on this item. Thank you. Members of the committee, comments, thoughts? Anybody? Member Treat? Yes, um, I was under the impression that the city themselves wanted us to look at this, review it, and see going forward what we needed to do and, and what might be as a possible sunset date if it was decided that we needed a sunset date. So I think that's the only reason that our group got together was under the direction of the city. Thank you. Just to respond to that, yes, from my listening to the Personnel and Public Employees Committee prior meetings over the course of the past 12 months, I'd say there have been a couple of comments and observations about many of the boards and commissions and committees and whether there and a certain level of direction to create a sunset of committees. Um, and so in the beginning of creating, looking to that and trying to figure out how do you, what would be a reasonable sunset, how do you do a sunset, et cetera, I personally have been learning a lot more about this idea. and. Um, and wonder also about whether the city's attorney maybe gives that direction to us. And I'm not asking the attorney today, but I think maybe that might be a question we can take back uh, to to the PNPE is, um, do we get direction from them and do they set some sort of a sunset date? Member Treat and I alone, we're the two people who chatted about this um, sort of thought of a date for a sunset, but didn't necessarily put a process in place for a sunset to happen. Uh, the idea of putting a report forward six months before the sunset makes sense to me. Uh, not sure who would do that, but it actually is a very sense, reasonable and sensible thing to say what's this committee been doing and um, what's the value of the committee. So I totally get that. Um, and so I, I don't know that tonight we're going to resolve this, but I think I can work with Philip and with maybe the city's attorney to find out a little bit more about the idea of boards, commissions, committees having a sunset, and if that if that is a date that gets set outside of us, and whether we can get some clarity about 
PNPE's direction on that idea. Um, so we can follow up with either the city clerk's office or the city attorney's office and find out a little bit more. Um, I think a point of our other committees acting on this, I, I heard it pretty directly, and so I've been kind of carrying that forward, but I, I'm also interested in knowing if other committees are setting their own sunsets and what what process is being used. I think the idea of a, of a report at some point, let's assume this is many years after me, um, and so I won't be writing the report, but somebody, someday 10 years from now or so. Um, but that makes sense to me, that there would be some sort of a review process to see the value. Uh, so. So the sunset idea is a little bit on hold as we learn a little bit more about that. I can just chime in here. Again, I've watched a lot of PNP com committees, um, and the city is moving to sunset most boards and commissions for a five-year uh, sunset date, obviously with the option of uh, council and the mayor to extend that term. Um, just so, again, you know, if a committee is no longer needed, um, and that's what that committee or commission um, discuss, discusses and brings forward to the council, and they, they agree, then they, they have the ability to, you know, um, either sunset it or extend it on. So that's kind of the, the uh, same information that I have received as well. Okay, okay. Yeah. Thank you. Any, any other questions or concerns from our committee about a sunset? Let me ask uh, the committee members if there have some thoughts sort of starting at the beginning of the um, the ordinance, and I'm not going to say we go through every single paragraph of this ordinance, but um, some of the powers and duties and the committee membership might be areas around which folks could give a little attention and thought. Um, right now we have three, four, seven members of this committee, I moved to committee membership 2.86.050. And um, Member Treat and I were th thinking that maybe this membership, uh, committee membership, m might be updated a bit. Um, it has appeared to me that finding two members who are animal care professionals, at least one licensed veterinarian, has been a challenge over time with this committee. Um, we know that our currently licensed veterinarian has, for example, has classes this week, this month that preclude, precludes her from being here on Wednesday evenings. And so having a licensed veterinarian has been a challenge. Um, having people who are in the veterinary tech world is great. I just wonder whether maybe this should be one person versus two people. The second category of people involved in the operation of animal welfare organization as well. Should that be two people? Should that be one person? Um, or should we also possibly make that a bit broader, um, such as, and I'm just throwing this out, a person who has been involved as a volunteer, for example? I'm, I'm very aware at our city shelter there are several individuals who have been volunteering there for what seems like quite a, quite, quite a few years who really know the animals, who know the processes, who know the team, the staff. Uh, could they bring 
important information forward because they're involved more daily with the animal shelter versus the possibility of trying to find someone who has a history of working in an animal welfare organization. We, we definitely want info from outside, animal welfare, other, you know, the Humane Society, et cetera, but uh, maybe because we've had some challenges with some of these types of seats, would we rather, I'm not broad in the language to say, for example, somebody who's, worked, who's volunteered at a shelter for a minimum of three years or something. Um, Member Garcia and I happened to be here um, to be reappointed, actually, to our seats. And there was an individual who was applying for a seat as well and had had a history in the world of um, a humane society in another state. Um, she's not currently involved, so she doesn't meet the um, criteria that it seemed, yet she seemed to have some interest and skills and, and knowledge. So I really am wondering if people can give some thought to the membership of this committee and whether we want to lighten the, the activities or broaden the language a little bit. Anybody have any thoughts on that? Uh, Joseph? Yeah, so I've been involved with this committee for quite a while, and this is the first time we've actually had a veterinarian on it. Um, I think the more restrictions you put on the seats, the harder they are to fill. Um, so I, I, I would just have one seat with restrictions and make the other ones more broad. I think the people who are applying to this committee, many, most of us have volunteered or been involved in animal welfare anyways. Um, but if, like you said, if you are someone I worked in animal welfare for many years. I'm no longer in animal welfare, so I had to move to a different seat, which then created a vacancy that hasn't been filled. So yeah, so that's my thoughts is it's great to have the veterinarian or someone in the vet world, a vet tech or a veterinarian. That's a very specific group of people and I love having someone with that viewpoint on the committee. The rest of the seats, I think we need to broaden it and, and um, so that we get a wider net on getting people. Anyone else have any thoughts on these seats? I do actually maybe, and I'm going to ask the city attorney this. Uh, in our ordinance, it says that this is a three-year um, term of office, and, and yet I'm on other documents at the city, it's, have, has the city moved to four-year appointments for sort of all boards and commissions, or maybe you don't know? Yeah, that's something I'm not sure about without doing further research offline, but I can definitely look into it. Thank you. I, I just, um, because I've been looking at this ordinance, it says the term of office is three years, and I recently received an email saying I'm being reappointed for four years, so I was kind of curious about is that across all the boards and commissions, or how is that working? Um, so one of the things, and I think we have another item on our agenda to talk about some of our projects, which is maybe a good place for us to talk about the powers and the duties of the committee. Um, but as, as, as was brought to my attention, now, if we're going to make some changes to this ordinance, now might be the time to think 
a little more broadly about what a committee, an advisory committee could be bringing forward and what an advisory committee purpose is in, in the dynamics of today. Um, Ms. Good, uh, I think, is the original author or one of the original advocates for this committee to exist about 20 years ago. And so the, the world has changed quite a bit. And so whether we want to think, think a little further about this. Um, as far as process, um, I, I don't know, again, we're not, we don't have a subcommittee, we don't, we're not trying to create any kind of a subcommittee, so I'm going to look to the city attorney again. If members of the committee feed information to Philip, and then, for example, he shares it with me to try to come up with some draft changes to an ordinance, is that allowable or is that a daisy chain? Uh, yes, just as long as not a quorum of members are. So you'd have to be isolated so it wouldn't violate the Brown Act. So if, I'm just saying, for example, each of the members of this committee had some ideas about membership to change the ordinance and sent that info to Philip, does that violate the Brown Act? Uh, no, just as long as the members that worked on it aren't a quorum. So. Less, less than uh, four. Three or le uh, yeah, less than four. So that means not all the committee members could put information forward. So that's some of our challenges. Only in these meetings. Can Unless we, we decided here at this meeting. Yeah, yeah, unless yes. we decide. Yeah, it can meeting. be discussed at, the, at an open meeting, but behind the scenes, it can't reach a quorum. Yeah. So meaning that, for example, Member Treat and I can chat a bit more and bring some ideas forward, for example, to the next meeting. Correct, yes. Okay, okay. Well, and to that, Madam Chair, if I may, um, when it gets to C on your list, um, my suggestion was and provide policy recommendations. And I mean that on a lot of different levels, not in just, you know, criticism of Front Street, but in the area of legislation, of which there are a ton of bills again this year that are going to affect how Front Street runs, period, if they go through. So... Since we do have a fair amount of expertise and we do have input from the community also, um, I thought that was a very important part than just being a committee, but someone who actually suggested to the mayor and the city council stances we should be taking to protect what we have that are good things and actually oppose things that are going to kill more animals, you know, or any of the things that some of this legislation will do, whether it was put in in good conscious or not, there are some bills out there that are going to be real problematic um, to having a good, safe, clean shelter. I keep turning back to the city attorney. I apologize for if you weren't prepped for this. Uh, but for example, um, if a piece of legislation at the Capitol is proposed that might have an impact on the shelter, I'm, I believe I'm aware that sometimes city shelters do weigh in and uh, in oppose or support a piece of legislation. It, is it allowable for our committee to ask our city council to have an opinion on a piece of legislation or is that not allowed by a board or commission? 
Uh, to confirm, I'd probably need to do further research, but because we do have the law in legislation committee meeting um, meetings, they might be the ones that are responsible. So I think it's a fine line between different committee duties. Um, I think it's permissible, though, to at least discuss those le legislations in, in here. So, for example, we could have someone come and talk to us about the pieces of legislation that may be being proposed at the Capitol right now? Yes. That's a good idea. And just, just as, there, there is a process. So um, the city has their own lobbyist. Yeah. Um, and so when there is a legislation that we're either in support of or not in support of, um, we also have avenues that we can get the Law and Ledge Committee to um, write a letter. So we, and we could work with the Law and Ledge Committee or we could send a letter to the Law and Ledge Committee asking for some support or opposition? I would imagine that probably would not be problematic. Yeah, yeah I'm, I mean, we'd have to confirm, but I don't see why that would be an issue. Okay, thank you. Yeah, maybe that's, so just to remind the members of this committee, our March meeting is in two weeks. This was a late meeting, so we can't get anything on the agenda for March, but maybe we could put something on our uh, April agenda to get an update on pieces of legislation that are being proposed. Um, Madam Chair, <clears throat> two weeks away, why isn't it able to get on March agenda? You just have to follow the Brown Act, which is what, 15 days? But the process has already started. We've already submitted everything for the next. There, there can be some minor edits, but to place new agenda items, those would have to start with. Yeah, read it process. a little differently, but okay. <laughs> I'm just following, following the rules as I understand them with the city in terms of when agenda items need to be to the clerk's office for them to then prepare the materials to put into a publicly available agenda. And I, got, I definitely got bollocked up because of the meeting this month being later and it got, got away from me. Um, so I do think we are looking at this ordinance we have heard the direction from p and pe uh, to review the ordinance and i will work with philip and with the clerk's office and with the city attorney's office to learn a bit more about uh, the idea of a sunset as well as the process of how we are working through ideas about this ordinance um, to make sure that I follow the process uh, to submit any changes that we would propose to the ordinance. And even just in draft form, that's a little still confusing to me, how I can do a draft and bring something here. But I definitely know we have to work with the city attorney's office to make sure we don't step out of line. So more to learn on that. But in the meantime, your, your committee, your thoughts on the membership of the committee and the powers and duties of this committee. I want to acknowledge Member Treat's um, discussion about having a, a broader policy impact, which I think is different maybe than when this ordinance was first drafted. Anyone else on the committee have any concerns or questions? Um, then our next topic is the city budget and impact on animal care services. 
Mr. Zimmerman, can you give us a bit of a news on anything or catch us up on where things are? Yeah, um, so yesterday, you know, there was the first um, budget and audit committee meeting on the, the, the proposed um, early, early on um, outlook on the 24-25 budget. Uh, there's an $83 million um, deficit proposed. Uh, they've gotten it down to 66 percent, I believe, is the number, um, with some salary savings, a 3 percent vacancy um, factor for citywide. And then so now the, the budget process will start um, with the, the different departments and city leadership and then working with the budget and audit committee. Um, if you go to many of the different council members' um, sites, uh, they, there are several community meetings where you can attend, uh, provide input. There's a, a survey that's coming out to city residents uh, where you would like to see possible uh, increase in revenues, decrease in spending, um, what's important to people. Um, so that's one way this committee could um, interact with the community um, and, and spread that message um, that, you know, this is... Um, Something that we knew was coming, we didn't know it was going to be this, um, we didn't know the, the deficit was going to be as high as it was, um, and it, it's not due to a recession, it just is due to our revenues not um, keeping pace with our um, expenditures. Um, so yeah, just trying to, I, I would encourage everybody to stay involved in that process um, and keep yourself apprised of what's going on. So when June comes in the, the final um, council and mayor have to make the final decisions that, that nobody is surprised um, about that process. Are there any members of the public who'd like to speak on this topic? Thank you, Chair. I have one speaker slip on this topic. Our first speaker is Dia. Okay, so I don't want to put Philip on the spot, but what's missing in this presentation is what the city expects the shelter to cut or change and what the shelter is willing to do. Because if you go in and testify at the end of the budget hearing when it's already a done deal, it doesn't really make much sense. So you want to get in at the front end and, and have some input into to what's happening. And cutting, cutting staff in an already beleaguered Shelter is just not acceptable. It's just not. Currently, the shelter is struggling to provide the level of care and services needed for the community. That's just basic services. The officers are short-staffed and can't respond to calls, leaving scores pending at the end of the day. And this is no criticism. I'm not criticizing the shelter. I'm just trying to present a picture that is an honest picture of what's, what the situation is at the shelter currently. If you adopt an animal at the shelter, the time to get it altered is like four to six weeks. Ha. <laughs> That's not acceptable. Um, and also just a comment about the homeless response program that was created. Um, and it was supposedly with vet and ACO support, but the existing vacancies haven't been filled to build on, so I, I don't know how all of this how all of this happens. So, um, how, so how does it work out? You, you anyway, you, you need to know what the city is asking the cuts to be, and then you need to have a proactive response. Thank you. 
Thank you for your comment. Chair, I have no more speaker slips on this item. Any members of the committee, questions and comments? Yeah, question, how much have they asked you to cut? Have they? So um, there was a link, I believe, in the um, in the budget. Uh, there, yeah, there is the, the from the budget audit, audit committee. So our, we are part of the community development department. So okay. they look at us as a whole, um, and so it was approximately two point seven million dollars. Um, fortunately or unfortunately, our overall department has a lot of vacancies. Um, and so, and we are one of the departments that don't rely on the general fund as much as some other departments because um, uh, building and planning bring in a lot of revenue. However, their revenues are down as well. Um, so uh, it, it really is kind of a work in progress to kind of, you know, there's, there's really been no, no hard ask. Um, but part of our vacancies, at least on the veterinarian level and some of those, is because we can't pay enough. So that's how that that report they were going to do, is that out that talks about salaries and benefits? Wasn't the city working on how they do all of that? Yeah. And it's I'll a little catch-22. Yeah. I'll have an update about that one. Oh, you will. Okay, perfect. I'm ahead of myself. <laughs> <laughs> the term I use is salary survey. I'm not sure salary if that's the, the term. But um, any, any other members have thoughts, input? So I did attend a three-hour budget meeting um, maybe a month ago, six mm -hmm. weeks ago, uh, and it was fascinating to listen to all of the, um, the various directors and deputy directors of Office of Innovation, Office of Convention and Cultural Services, and then Community Development Department, which is headed by Tom Pace. Um, in his, Mr. Pace's presentation, he did highlight the good work being done at the shelter. He talked about the live release rate being one of the highest that it's ever been. Um, but he also commented that the shelter has struggled with, I think, a 30% vacancy rate. Um, I did not hear him say anything about not filling those vacant positions. He commented that the shelter is having a hard time with a 30% staff vacancy rate. Um, they did allow some comments, and I was able to make some comments. Uh, and um, I think it's it's going to be a rough year all around. I do. I did see in the very lengthy budget document that was in the packet for those of you that there was the community development department in the whole being asked to cut some cut a fair amount of money. And I also was thinking, okay, so if we have three veterinary positions, three FTE veterinary positions of which we have one filled, Philip, are you going to be asked to relinquish those two vet positions or will they keep those even unfilled because that salary savings, but it, are there, is there any idea yet at this point if they're going to ask you because that would be $250,000 if each of those was filled because they're each at about 125000 which is under market, but I could see them, you know, possibly looking. Yeah, and so, so um, because we, again, the overall department, we have like over 50 vacancies right now. 
Um, and it's continuously turnover, you know, retirements, we're losing people. Um, we're, so the 3% is already kind of built in. So we, we already have enough savings even beyond that 3% and, and kind of just expecting that continuous turnover. Um, so no, the, the answer would be no. I, no, they're not going to ask you to I'm, relinquish I'm two to, positions for veterinarians. To, to cut. It's, it's going to be, you know, again, our department is really lucky that as much as we would like to be fully staffed, we are fortunate in this situation where we do have those, in addition to the 3%, we have well above that. So we're, we're not having to ask to freeze additional positions. Okay. Um, so we're, we're very lucky on that. Freeze and not fill. You're not being asked. N correct. Okay. Correct. Just because we have such a large number, we're just going to keep an eye on that and make sure that we meet the bottom line. Um, and then just to touch a little bit, because I actually misspoke, um, about the class and comp study. I didn't put it in my report. <laughs> um, they, they, HR department has started the initial uh, conversations with the labor unions um, on the classification piece. Um, so that will probably take several months, but at least uh, we can say that we've actually started that conversation. SEIU? Uh, there's multi multiple, okay. yeah. So um, hopefully by the end of the year we'll know more about that. Um, and then the um, the um, the last part of it will be the uh, non-exempt and the exempt employees. And is the veterinarian represented in union? Uh, is represented, but is a is a um, at will employee, so they're management okay. non-exempt. Okay. Okay. Yes. Um, I did have a moment to introduce myself to Mr. Pace and just had a positive moment with him about our needs assessment going forward. So I, I, I was pleased to know that he knew about that. Again, this is Philip's supervisor and seemed positive about the fact that we're doing a review of the shelter. Again, there is no money for a new shelter. Nobody's saying anything here yet about a new shelter, but we are beginning the discussion of, of how this shelter is or is not meeting current standards of care. and and for the employees that work there. So um, we're, we're getting the ball rolling, and Mr. Pace did know about that, so the, I was happy to know, to hear that. The budget, okay. Okay, so the last, I believe, item six on our agenda is um, advisory committee work plan. Uh, I basically just described it as a work plan, but some of you hopefully had seen a couple of tables in the agenda. Um, so I was, I was trying to capture the various things that we're working on to kind of know where we're, what we're doing and where we might do more or where we might change focus, et cetera. So before we talk about the table, is there any public comment on this topic? Thank you, Chair. I have one speaker slip on this item. Our first speaker is Dia. Okay. I wanted to bring to your attention a recent post on Nextdoor where a dog was abandoned, shoved out of a truck, and the neighbor witnessing it was told by three women that nothing could be done because the dog wasn't sick or injured. So committee member Kathy was involved in this particular, and you can see the, the discussion. 
So my comment is that we need to continue our discussions regarding 311 and establishing a pilot program just for Front Street. There are major problems. I mean, it's unacceptable. You know, the 311 response was mind-boggling. So anyway, that's my comment. Thank you. Thank you for your comment. Chair, I have no more speaker slips on this item. Thank you. Are members of the committee, anyone want to make an observation about uh, this topic or about this uh, set of work plan ideas? That document you're looking at. Yeah, it's the one you're looking at there. So, as maybe uh, people take a minute to gather their thoughts, I'll, I'll, I'll bring some uh, clarity or at least some organization focus. Box A in our chart are the items that are in the powers and duties as the ordinance reads now. And box B are some additional efforts that this committee has engaged with. So I took each of the powers and duties out of our ordinance and tried to understand for myself what we were or weren't doing on these topics and whether there is room for improvement in our efforts as the ordinance reads today. Maybe we'll change the ordinance. So the first item in the powers and duties was to assure quality care for animals housed at the shelter. And from my perspective, the needs assessment and doing the evaluation of this shelter and seeing how it measures up to the current standards of sheltering animal care, sheltering and animal care and the staff who work there is the, is the biggest effort that we are, I think, involved in, in terms of how to assure quality. There may be other ideas about how to assure quality. And I would welcome the committee to look at this and because it's kind of my idea to bring this chart back every month and and either add to the chart or up or put updates on the chart as we again maybe review our ordinance but so ideas about quality care for animals at the shelter is that maybe we want to be launching more volunteers to go there and what can this committee do to to ensure to, to um, encourage people to be volunteers I don't know, but I am charging each of us on this committee to think about are there other things that we could be helping out with to, uh, to um, related to quality care. And maybe at this point, it's, it's really just advancing the needs assessment, but that's an idea. The second power and duty is increasing awareness of animals available for adoption. And I know last year with Member Garcia's leadership, we increased some ads in the Valley Community newspaper, and we are also working to schedule city council member meetings, both at the shelter and in the community district. Um, I'm not giving anybody direction, but I think Member Garcia could use some help with uh, some of the follow-up to, to work on those, um, uh, reaching out to the council members' offices and seeing what we could do. Um, Kathy, maybe can you give us an up? I know you, I know there was a council member Talamantes sure. who came. Yes, yes. Um, 
I believe it was January 17th after our last meeting, um, Council, hang on, Mayor Pro Tem Talamantes came um, with her office staff. I think most of them were there. It was quite a, quite a group. Um, and they came for, um, they did a tour, went through the um, complete shelter. Um, Talamantes mentioned um, this is an older shelter, and we were like, oh, good, that's kind of what we wanted you to see. So she could see, you know, the obstacles and what the staff of volunteers do such a good job working with. Um, so they stayed for a couple hours, did a tour. Um, they broke us off into little groups to do some of the actual volunteer work that is done there. Um, and they've kept in contact with me, so that is really good. Um, since then, I kind of issued a challenge to the other council members, you know, look what council member Talamantes did and look what you can do. So um, since then, um, I have two other council members who are, have spoken up and would like to do the same thing. Um, and I have another district who approached me with some meetings and different events they have. I asked them to kind of clarify those a little bit more so we know what we're looking at since we have to usually get at least one volunteer or one um, shelter staff that kind of knows uh, what we need at those meetings and stuff. So they're going to get back to me with some more details about those before I approach Philip and, and the staff there. Um, the other two council members, all um, I just got those emails recently, so I'll get back to them, see what dates work, check with um, Shannon and, and the volunteer coordinators there at the shelter and see what works for them. But they want to come in. and with everything we're talking about to get the council members actually in at the shelter seeing what's there what we're dealing with especially now with the assessment uh, needs assessment I think it's really good timing budget it's really good timing so um, um, I reached out to member Bell and she will be kind of helping me do kind of a little more nudging and pushing and um, since I'm the only squeaky will that will get another one in there. Um, so I think we will go out to maybe a couple council members offices and, and speak with them as well and um, see if we can't get them involved since I haven't heard back. So we'll pick on the ones that haven't gotten back to me. Um, so that's where we are with that. Um, Philip will bring up um, other issues with the brochure and stuff that we've been working on as well. Um, but so I think actually in a sense this the working with the city council members is kind of a thing that hits the topic of increasing animal awareness for adoption and increasing importance of spaying and neutering of animals. I'm not sure that that's everything in the world that we can do on those two topics, but uh, it's some action that we're taking in terms of trying to let, it seems to me, trying to engage the city council members with this shelter and the awareness of the age of the facility, some of the, you know, they, they hear in meetings about vacancies, et cetera, but a uh, picture makes a thousand words or whatever that saying is. And so to have some of the city council members come and actually see the facility and see some of the challenges um, is, uh, I'm hoping is going to be helpful then when we do bring our needs assessment to them, hopefully by May, every one of the council members will have had a visit Maybe that's a good target to shoot for, that they've all been to a visit by May, um, to, to be clear that they understand some of the challenges that we're having. Um, so at a certain level, we're hanging a lot on these council member visits, and it's a starting place. I'm going to char charge you all on the committee if there are other things that we could be doing in terms of 
promoting animals for adoption or promoting the new the world of spay and neuter. Um, I think Philip's going to talk to us a little bit later about uh, some his report and what, how we're doing with some of that. Um, I think we can say that we I've been we have invited uh, the communications manager from the shelter to come and speak to us and do a presentation to us next month. Mm -hmm. And so that sort of feeds into some of this increasing awareness to the community. What can we do? We're going to talk about a, a wonderful brochure that Kathy's put there. But again, it's kind of like, are we doing enough on these topics? What else might we be doing? Madam uh, Chair? Yes, thank you. Yeah, I just wanted to say, I know that ASPCA and Stockton Shelter and a few others get quite a bit of TV time is that how we might want to pursue Edie Lambert and some others who love animals to be more, you know, asking their channels to put more time on the air almost as a community service on, on the shelter. And Good idea. Have a big audience in the mornings and, and uh, the evenings. Are, that's not a bad idea. They do the adoption, you know, every day. I don't know if that's, you know. Yeah, yeah. See, so that is on there as well. They do go it. I'm sorry. The adoptions on, on the uh, on, the, is on the local. Uh, yes, yeah. I forget what channel I saw it on today. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Bring them some more. More. Um, there's a category in our current ordinance about soliciting, assisting in. Soliciting input from the community related to the use of unclaimed spay and neuter deposits. And I'm basically just putting this in writing that basically this is no longer an appropriate duty of this committee because there are no unclaimed deposits. And so that was something from many years ago that is no longer an issue. Uh, so in the future ordinance, we'll take that off, but that's sort of a non-issue today. And then the last topic, which is a big a big issue to think about is how do we educate the community regarding humane treatment of animals and other matters related to the city's animal care responsibility. And I, I felt that this is kind of circling us back to the community meeting and our relationship with Lynette Hall and the community conversation that we had hoped to have through her department, which would be more of a conversation versus presentation. and. Kathy also had taken sort of the reins on that, and I'm wondering if you could give us an update on, on that. Yeah, I've t um, touched base with, emailed her a couple times, and now I've emailed her um, assistant who um, seems to handle some of her emails as well. Um, her, as you know, her one of her asks when we did a Zoom meeting quite a few months ago was to get some materials available for those meetings, so hence the um, brochure, and I let her know that that was completed um, and where where do we go from here um, so I'm waiting to hear back from her on that and are we going to talk about the brochure in your manager report okay great thank you um, so I want to publicly thank member Garcia I know other folks are very busy and doing other things including member Bell rescuing a cat and sending it across country to its owner uh, but I would like to acknowledge Member Garcia for these follow-up items. It was tremendous. Okay, so then projects that we have initiated. So our 311 pilot, um, which sort of became on hold pending a new hire because 
uh, I had had some excitement with the executive director of the Sacramento SPCA who was very engaged and thought there was some opportunity to pursue some grant dollars for that and have it be a pilot. That individual is retiring. The act activity related to to, uh, to them hiring a new person uh, is in their hands. And so it's sort of like we're left with our own dynamic and, you know, our public input about some challenges with 311 um, makes me think that maybe we could revisit a pilot, which would just be um, city-focused, city would not be, so again, it would be grant money. We'd have to figure out how to apply for some grants. We'd have to figure out where there might be some funders that would be interested in helping us uh, to, to pilot a project. Um, and uh, we would, with Philip's um, engagement, would figure out, like, once again, how many staff, what kinds of calls would go to this pilot, what's the purpose of doing this, um, and it, what's the benefit to the city, what's the benefit to the animals. Um, and I do still remember when we originally thought of this idea with the direction of Dr. Karsten that it had, it had merit. And um, if some of you recall when we presented to the uh, PNPE, there was some level of um, um, interest that at least 10% of all the calls that go to 311 are animal related. So, they're seeing, so that is a sizable volume of single topic with 311. So with the committee's um, interest, I might re-engage with the idea of trying to look at writing some sort of a grant proposal for a pilot project and see whether we could figure out a way to uh, at least start the discussion over again. Um, and so I'm not asking for a motion. There's no action here, but um, thinking through, kind of muddling through somehow creating something that we could maybe talk to the 311 manager about, et cetera. Um, is there any concern or question about that topic, that idea? And I want to say that I'm aware that all the city staff, whether it's 311 or shelter staff, are, it's hard today. It's hard out there. And I, I haven't read this. I'm sure it was not from what I'm understanding, was very difficult dynamic. And Member Garcia was involved. Thank you, Member Garcia. Uh, we we want to do better for our animals and for our community members. So let's see whether we can do something with some grant dollars that might help. Um, so that's our 311, our facility needs assessment. I gave the update. We're working. Our, our, our uh, contractor is an, uh, an architect firm, Indigo Hammond. Bruce is our contact there. They've started, so more on that. Um, committee ordinance, we've been talking about that. And then our last item was, was a um, community workshop in partnership with uh, the community engagement team. So just to kind of keep us focused and some ideas about where we're, what we've been working on and if we have any ideas to move any of this forward, I would love to hear them from this committee or from the public. Thank you. Um, that isn't, there's no action item, so we can move forward to shelter manager's oral report. Uh, 
All right, so this is our uh, staffing updates um, as of yesterday. Um, <clears throat> we, we did have a chief animal control officer position, uh, I'm sorry, candidate in backgrounds. Um, that candidate is no longer in backgrounds, so um, we will be going live with a new recruitment uh, this Saturday. Um, we still have th a total of five um, animal control officers between field services and our homeless outreach program. Um, we are currently recruiting for um, both animal control officers one and two, um, and they will be closing. Uh, we should be getting our applications here at the end of the month. Um, then we have our administrative analyst position uh, that we've had open for quite a bit of time. We kind of held off uh, trying to see what was going on with the budget um, and if that was going to be a position we were going to have to hold open and since we got to go ahead to go ahead and fill we're going to be um, interviewing uh, for both of our analyst positions both in um, field services and also in the veterinary services section as well we have um, three rvts um, vacancies and we have two candidates that we'll be interviewing in the coming uh, weeks again we're ongoing recruiting for RVTs so again we'll get those candidates um, at the end of, end of the month um, I'm happy to report we we did have one veterinary veterinarian interview yesterday uh, it went quite well um, she impressed our current vet they they got along really well during their time together um, I'm remaining cautiously optimistic <laughs> that we will lose her to one of our local um, shelters um, due to the compensation piece. Um, she. Optimistic that we won't lose her. Uh, I'm cautiously optimistic that we won't lose her. <laughs> um, but she uh, is looking to relocate here from a different state. Uh, her family is located in Davis, so she wants to work in the area. So, um, cautiously optimistic that way. We really try to impress her. <laughs> um, we have currently five animal care technicians. Um, we did have two, we pushed forward two people um, that accepted a conditional job offer and then backed out. Uh, so we just completed backgrounds again today. Um, and I'm, I'm assuming that the staff is gonna push forward uh, three more candidates from today's inter interviews. Um, so that's it, you know, so we're at about a 29% vacancy rate. Um, again, you know, we do have one officer, but she's, she hasn't even been out on the streets yet. She's just been doing her, her touring around the shelter in the different sections of the shelter. Um, so we will be quite short staffed in field services for, for quite some time. Um, and again, I just want to highlight that, you know, this is our actual vacancy factor. These are empty positions. This doesn't include people that are on disability. This doesn't include people um, that are on other types of leave. So it's, it's actually higher than this. Um, so that's always something to, to take into consideration. Not including the chief. So we have 10 animal control officers, two supervisors, and the chief. 10 and two, and so that's 13 people in the animal control. Correct. Piece. 
and you have three, four animal control officers vacant. Five. Five vacancies in that field. So that's about a 33% vacancy in that team. In that, that team, yeah. And the, uh, the individual that you had in background review, they they determined that they didn't, it wasn't a match. So it, it just was, yeah, it wasn't a match. Next screen. There we go. Oh, all right. Um, super excited to report that. Uh, the Front Street Animal Shelters website went live um, on Monday. Uh, the city has been working on this for, I think, over a year now. Um, they started with uh, different departments. I believe it was council when the main general page was the f initial. Um, and so one of our uh, great staff uh, has been working on this project for quite some time. So please go over and take a look. Um, there are a few few little hiccups that we found this week and uh, this week but we're trying to fix them as quick as we can um, super excited to report that it is also um, going to be available in seven it's available in seven different languages well um, it's a citywide citywide wow. yes um, unfortunately any collateral material redirects um, to documents and such those won't be translated unless we put them up but at least the basic information that people are looking for will be available in other languages. So super excited that um, the city um, has made that a priority. Um, a new program that came out, um, you know, again, we're not only short on veterinarians uh, nationwide, but now we're starting to fill this with the support staff. So the registered vet techs is, is becoming uh, a big concern for uh, not only shelters, but also even for private practice. So one of our partners, Petco Love, um, they have started a new program. They've committed, I think it's a close to $700,000. Um, and each of their nonprofit or municipal shelter partners um, can select one employee that is interested in becoming an RVT. And if selected, uh, they can do a four-year online, completely online program through Penn Foster. Um, it's geared towards the working adult, so it's somebody that can be working full-time in the shelter and learning these, um, going to school, um, and then doing their, their clinical, um, in the shelters. Um, and then their only, their only agreement is that they have to work in nonprofit or for municipal shelter for two years. Um, so really a, a great opportunity to, uh, increase, um, average cost of going to RVT school. Um, is approximately $40,000. So hu huge benefit. Um, so fingers crossed that, that we, get, we get selected. Uh, we have several employees that are interested, so determining who gets selected is gonna be. You get to put one name. We only get to put one name. So, um, but super, super excited about that, that again, these, these partnerships that we have with these national organizations are really critical. Um, 
to do be able to do things like this and, and, and the, the, the grants and the funds that they, they provide to not only our shelter and then into our community um, are, are really, really critical um, to the shelter. Um, this last uh, weekend's pet vaccine clinic was our largest to date. Um, we had 615 pets that were served and uh, 414 animal owners. Um, so super excited about that. Um, I think it's early, it's late enough. Um, our shelter is actually gonna be mentioned in Petco Love's newsletter tomorrow about our uh, community vaccination clinics hey. um, and all that we've been doing. Um, again, thanks to them for providing them, but thanks to our donors that allow us to provide the additional services and supplies that we provide at those clinics, besides just the uh, vaccinations that we receive from Petco Love. Um, our next clinic is scheduled for March 10th at Pinnell Community Center from 8 to 12. Um, I do believe I heard two, cute, two members here talking <laughs> that they might be interested in uh, attending. I would say stop on by, they're, they're really fun. Um, they're chaotic, there's a lot of people and lots of pets, but the team has got it down um, to a science. Um, regarding spay and neuter, we're, we're finally making some headway. Um, and increasing our, our capacity for providing spay and neuter. Um, so on March 17th, we're gonna be bringing in um, two uh, contract veterinarians along with some of our staff, some of our volunteers, and we're gonna be spaying and neutering 20 plus chihuahuas from um, uh, encampment here in the city. Um, the owners are very, very eager to get the pets spayed and neutered. Um, the team is really excited about this. Um, as we all know, uh, the Homeless Outreach Assistance Program has really struggled to, to do as much as we want because of the staff or the lack of staffing. Um, so we're really excited to, to get that uh, going. Um, and finally, after many, many months of going back and forth with the San Diego Humane Society, uh, we have a signed contract with them. Um, so they will be providing uh, three days of free high volume spay and neuter. They will be bringing their own staff uh, down to uh, work in, in our shelter, uh, also providing any training um, as well. So again, super excited about that. It's not gonna solve all of our problems, but again, a, a huge dent. We're hoping to at least get between 150 to 200 animals um, spayed and neutered that are in our foster to adopt uh, program. Yeah, we have, um, yes. <laughs> um, the uh, Front Street Animal Shelter and the Friends of Front Street will be holding their annual brew fest on April 13th, 2024. Um, so, uh, yes, remember, remember Robicelli is doing some help with the brew fest, I believe. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> uh, all right. I know I'm going to help because I bought tickets and I twisted arms for a dozen friends to buy tickets. So helping out. Uh, All right. Actually, there was. Yes, oh, there's, there's my. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, last but certainly not least, um, you know, one of the one of the requests was to create a brochure, and um, Member Garcia uh, worked with uh, Jenman, uh, one of our uh, employees, um, to create a new. Um, kind of all-in-one encompassing 
um, brochure for the for the shelter. We had a lot of brochures that mm -hmm. shared a lot of things, so that couldn't get out to a w wide group of people. So this kind of just sums everything up. And so um, I'll go ahead and kind of turn this over to Chair Garcia and let her explain a little bit about. So um, first of all, a, a shout out to Jinman, who is amazing. You know, the, I have none of this technical skill that he has, and he had a ton of knowledge as well. So we worked on it together, try to um, incorporate kind of what we know, things that were new that were added, like the HOPE program. Um, I'm not sure if microchipping was on there, but we added that. Um, just a lot. We tried to get everything in there, check with each department, see what they could squeeze into a little section of the um, of the brochure, um, phone numbers. We went high tech and have a little QR code on there so you can go to the website. Um, so um, we have um, printer lined up for this. Um, the lovely friends of Front Street have offered to help kind of offset some of that cost. So that'll be our next move once Philip has officially put his stamp on it and approved it. and. Um, it was a lot of fun working with Jinman and doing this and, and kind of getting this done and, and updated. So um, <coughs> everybody likes it and it turns out well and it looks really cool up there. <laughs> is it is it double side? How does it? It's a trifold. It's so a yeah, trifold like this. Oh, and there's a back side. Yes. Oh, there's. Thank you. We'll remove that. Member Garcia. My suggestion would be that you put 20 each of these in each city council member's office. Great idea. <laughs> Great idea. <laughs> it's right upstairs, right? <laughs> How, um, this is, this is great. Uh, it's, I think we, we had the conversation that the, the collateral needed to be updated and, um, thank you for the work with your team. Philip, how long, do you know how long ago it's been since any collateral has been updated? Uh, it, Again, a lot of individual programs, you know, uh, have been created over the years. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so just really getting something on, on one, one page is, is, is really critical. Um, again, because it's, it's, it's hard to remember to grab five different brochures when you're going out to a community event handing them out. Fantastic. And we would like to do a shout-out to our friends at Friends of Front Street and thank them for... Um, helping support the printing of this. Uh, um, it's beautiful, Kathy. Thank you for taking the lead and working and, and having Philip's staff work. Thank you for that time from F Philip to work on this. And I'm excited to now get back to Lynette Hall and, and use this as a in-the-door discussion of how do we hold some community conversations so that we can get connected out to the community and start the dialogue of what do they know about the shelter, how can we help them. Your team is doing that work too, but what can this committee do as well to, to help out? Um, did I skip any public input or did I ask for public input? We don't do public input, thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> I just want to um, comment that uh, the, the Chihuahua event in March, apparently on St. Patrick's Day, that's going to be a big deal. Uh, so, um, and also the, the various clinics for the vaccines and microchipping. I, I myself have had 
requests to volunteer at these clinics. So if there's anyone listening in on this, they will train you how to actually do administer a microchip. Apparently, they will train you. Uh, and you can help out with the vaccine clinics by helping register people and monitoring, et cetera, who's there. So uh, for members of this committee and or people who may be listening in, if you have any interest in helping with the vaccine clinic or microchip clinic, I think the shelter volunteer team would love to have you join, uh, maybe just for a day. But um, uh, that's going to be helpful. The San Diego veterinarian effort, that is a sort of a one-time thing, right, to try to help us undo a backlog. Um, and so I know I remember you've reported on this. You said the MOU is done. So when, when might this actually happen, do you think? So um, I just got it yesterday, so I have not even had a chance to um, reach out to them again to see where we're at on the schedule. They're doing this for a lot of shelters. Um, part of the component as well was um, to work with our um, city veterinarian to work on some of the high-volume spay, spay and neuter skills. Um, fortunately, um, she's, we found some other free training for her, so she's actually going to be going over to Sonoma State. Uh, I'm sorry, Sonoma, Sonoma County Animal Services. Um, and she's going to be spending three days with, their, with them under a mentorship with a high-volume spay and neuter um, veterinarian. So, again, also another free uh, service that was provided to us. So, um, yeah, maybe she'll, when, she, when San Diego gets here, she'll actually be in there helping them yeah. with the, the high volume. Um, thank you. Uh, any questions from the committee members for anything that Philip has reported on? Um, thank you. Let's see. So... Commissioner comments, ideas and questions. Commissioners, do you have any input on any of the items today that we've gone over? Member Robustelli? Uh, I would like to offer my help to Member Garcia in reaching out to council members. I have a relationship with some of them, so I can help with that. I, too, offer my services for those that I can bully into helping us do some stuff yeah. yay yay so thank you for that yeah I, I i'm hopeful that we can build relationships with the council members about some of the challenges uh, at the shelter um so today dun, 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 i am wearing my f official front street t-shirt folks get yours too friends of front street go to their website it's a fundraiser for the shelter, come on, kids. Okay, okay. Brewfest, April 13th, wear your T-shirts. Go get your T-shirt. I'm looking at the staff here at the city as well, <laughs> Front Street, through the Friends of Front Street. Uh, so uh, looking forward to uh, some fun times, uh, not to talk business, uh, but to have a brew uh, together with one another and um, help, help raise funds for the programs like all that we're hearing about. I feel like there was one other thing I wanted to say something about. Um, I did actually personally go in and volunteer a couple days recently again at, um, at the medical clinic and just again am, am reminded of the, the, ch the challenges and the compassion and the skill of the folks that are in there taking care of 
either high volume spay and neuter through the morning or, or dealing with animals in the afternoon who have been either injured by vehicles or injured by humans um, or are in need of some assessment and just watching the team uh, handle these animals with a great deal of care and compassion and allowing me to be in there and help as well and be welcome to come and, and support their work is um, really heart, heart filling for me. And uh, I, a big shout out to Dr. Smalley, the veterinarian full-time vet who uh, is, has taught me a lot about a variety of things with animal care, uh, as different from human health care. And so I appreciate that, as well as the registered vet techs um, who, who are, I am constantly amazed at the knowledge that those RVTs have in terms of medication dosages and, and how to hold the animal for the right thing to be examined, et cetera, et cetera. So it's really quite moving to be in there and see that. And I appreciate them welcoming me to be in there. Also get to clean up a lot of poop. <laughs> poop happens. Uh, I think with that, we have covered our agenda. Public comments matters not on the agenda. I apologize. Public matters. Thank you, Chair. Uh, I have one speaker slip for public comments. Our first speaker is Dia. Thank you. I, I just wanted to make a suggestion about the brochure. And the city in the past has put the brochures and things into the utility bills. Ah. You know, your, your water bill. Yeah, so you could put, you know, you could do a black and white version. That would be cheaper and you just throw it in. The reach would be phenomenal. Um, but anyway, what, what I wanted to address the vet salaries. This, this committee has been talking about the shortage of vets and RVTs at the shelter for over a year now. Um, a proposed salary survey survey never materialized. Apparently, some council members think that the salary, vet salary issue was addressed in July with the yearly COLA, which is completely crazy. So there's a list of salaries for vets being hired at neighboring facilities. As you can see, their low-end salaries start at Front Street's high end. It's a big problem, and it impacts the community, and we can't continue to normalize it. I think that's what we do. I think, unfortunately, it, it's, it's a serious problem, and there's no easy answer. But I know Dr. Karsten has lots of thoughts on the matter, and I would like to see it be discussed at the next meeting as an action item, because no one in the city will understand the magnitude of the problem until this committee brings it to their attention. Thank you. Thank you for your comment, Chair. I have no other speaker slips on this item. Thank you. I appreciate in black and white. Thank you for the writing of some of the things that I've been aware of, but just haven't sat and pulled it up. So thank you for that. With that information, thank you. Uh, I believe we are adjourned, my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs>